0: Welcome to Garden Church Podcast. We are in a series called Reconstructing Church. We wanna talk about what it means to be the church today. How do we live out the mission of Jesus today with the cultural challenges we face in Christianity? The Book of Acts will be our guide as we learn to rebuild the church together in the power of the Holy Spirit. For more information, go to Garden.Church. Otherwise, enjoy this podcast. As you know, we're in this conversation on, um, uh, on, on kind of a response to the deconstruction impulse that is uh, getting no- noted um, in various surveys and whatnot. And, and, of course, the truth is the church has always been deconstructing. It has to be. No, no vessel that we construct is big enough for the Holy Spirit, never has been, never will. So if we don't get good at deconstruction, we won't get good at reconstruction, which is the, is the necessary next, right? That is to say, because um, it, 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 it's not a rocket science to take things apart. I was able to do that when I was five years old. Any, anybody else? All you need is a hammer. Um, stuff can fall apart easily. Deconstruction is the easy part. Reconstruction partnering with the Holy Spirit in the new that he is doing, attending to the, to, the, to the things that are traditional for a reason without becoming traditionalisms, right? That we need the foundation so that when we rebuild in partnership with the Holy Spirit, uh, we have a vessel that is suitable for the times, that is, however, amenable to the, to, the, to the culture and is able to speak to the culture and, and respond to it, and then that we can let go when the time comes to do so. So, um, of course, one of the foundations of that, in, in, and must be a part of any reconstruction conversation, is what was foundational in the early church, which was prayer. And that's what I want to talk about today. Not primarily prayer as a way of getting things done, but prayer primarily as relationship, relationship with the Father. Prayer as an ongoing 24-7 conversation with God who is present everywhere and is at work in all things towards love and 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 for love. So prayer is how we we kind of move into the stream of what God is doing. And it's, of course, the primary way that we get things done. But if, unfortunately, we have limited prayer to a mechanical structure of outcomes, we will have lost the foundational peace that is essential for us. And so we look, as always, back in the book of Acts to try and get some sense of of how prayer worked in there, and of course, we just see prayer woven through the life of the church from the get-go. What are they doing in the upper room in Acts chapter 2? They're praying, they're waiting, they're discerning, they're trying to get a sense in Acts chapter 1, rather, um, uh, of, of what is going on and their response thereafter. What do we do? What do we do? How do we manage the renewal, the revival that occurs on the birthday of the church as the church springs fully formed? Uh from, the, uh from the from the, the challenges uh, of that morning, if you will, 3,000 people. you can't manage that with any system you can humanly devise. That has to be an, accommodated and understood and, and massaged if you will with with prayer. In fact, the story that we look at today, we're going to be in, in Acts chapter four uh, is a story that occasions, is, is brought to, to light because the disciples are not only praying in their community, they are joining in to the regular prayers that took place uh, uh, at, at the temple. So Peter and John, you know the story, they're on their way to the temple, three o'clock in the afternoon for prayers. So they see this man who is a regular fixture, at the gate beautiful and something pulses in them why because they're not just on their way to prayer they have been praying they are in tune with the voice of the spirit they recognize his voice as other than any other voice and they rec- today something is happening with the, what do you what 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 we don't have what you think you need but what we have we give you freely in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth get up and walk. And he did, and not just walked, he danced into the temple. Remember, the reason he was at the gate, beautiful, was because his ailment prohibited from access. You couldn't allow cripples into the sanctuary. And, and I love that the first impulse of his being healed was to dance his way into the presence of the Lord that he had been prohibited from up until that moment. That's what that miracle's about, yeah. right? And, and, and so everybody's saying, what's this, what's this? Everybody recognized this guy. He, he, was a, he, he had been crippled his whole life. He had been a fixture on their way in, so they knew who he was. And when Peter and, and John and others try and explain what is going on, the crowd gathers, and, 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 and they, of course, as is their tradition, say this has happened because of Jesus of Nazareth, who was raised from the dead. And the Sadducees, who do not believe in the resurrection, which is why they're sad, you see, Sorry, 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 back off, back off. Anyway, um, decide to leverage that moment and, 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 and put Peter and John under arrest for, for the heretical doctrine they're, 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 they're preaching, and here's where we pick it up, uh, verse 1, the priest, the captain of the temple guard, the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Not just Jesus raised from the dead, but all things and all people dead have capacity now, death being the qualification, for resurrection. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men who believed, grew now to about 5,000. The very next day, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, others of the high priest's family. And they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? What's your authorization? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people we if we are, are are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and is are, are now being asked how it is that he was healed well then you 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 know this you and all the people of israel it's by the name of jesus christ of nazareth whom you crucified but whom god raised from the dead that this man stands healed before you, exhibit A. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, but which has now become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Well, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Since they could see that the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? Everyone in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we can't deny it. To stop this thing from spreading further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And after further threats, they let them go because they could not decide how to punish them. All the people were praising God for what happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations raise? Why do the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod Pontus Pilate, Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles, with the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will determined beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were shaken, our meeting was, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is a great story, I love this story. Um, And and I think you can follow it. I'm gonna spend just a few minutes on the setup because I really wanna get to the back half and the focus on prayer. Uh, The the story is we've outlined, um, the power of the name of Jesus is now just coloring outside the lines and is beginning to kind of mess up the status quo, as, as was the intention. They are arrested and they are brought into it. It's fascinating to me that the um, chief priests, the elders, all of the religious authorities uh, um, did not recognize James and John, apparently. They didn't know who they were. Um, so they're asking the question, How do you, where where is your authorization? Remember the role of the Sanhedrin, the role of the Pharisees particularly, was to protect Judaism from uh, pretenders, from false messiahs, from false belief systems and structures. So they want to know, as they did, you'll notice the same kinds of questions they're asking Jesus, uh, where do you fit into our box of authorization? How do you how do you how do you include yourself in our our system? And of course, um, talk about deconstruction. Um, your box is too small for what God is doing, and and you got a choice. You can cling to your box, or you can put it down and stand on it. Uh, it's up to you. But at the end of the day, your box is now null and void as a way of controlling what God is 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 doing. And so Peter and and, and John. They just say what is true. I mean, God sent his son Jesus and and you killed him. Um, and it just so matter of fact you, you know it, it's it's just like it's not too late. I mean y'all can come on in but 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 if you're essentially what he's saying is you're on the wrong side of his story now. You're on the wrong side of this. Uh, the, 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 the ship of control is has sailed, and you're not on it. So so uh, how, how are you going to... And, and they, not recognizing Peter and John, explored further, and they discovered, oh, oh, and, and I love, they, they had been, they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now, this isn't just sharing the same oxygen in a room with Jesus. This is not just occupying the coffee shop when he walked through. This is they had been with Jesus. Being with him had shaped who they were. It, and, and, and you get the idea. I've, I've found this in my own devotional rhythms uh, over, the, over the years. Sometimes I'm just with Jesus. He's just in the space. And I'm more or less there, but I'm ticking the box on reading and praying and doing all the things. I know I need, by the way, we need to do that. But there's a difference between that and being with Jesus. Staying still long enough to let proximity become presence. Staying still long enough to let who he is begin to shape the DNA of my soul and let what he loves begin to shape what I love, what he sees, what he notices shape. Who I am and what I see and what I notice, and and it is that both elements. Because remember, these are trained theologians, and they are they are they are dumbfounded by the simple response of these ignorant fishermen. They they didn't go to the right schools. They didn't have the right credentials. They have no um, uh, uh, cachet at the Supreme Court here. They 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 they're standing and simply bearing witness to something that they have been, been 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 part of. And of course awkwardly the 40-year-old man who previously could not stand is now standing, standing. Notice how often Luke repeats that statement uh, in in and it's like what 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 do we do? What do, how do we how do we make sense of this? How do we how do we understand this. There is no possible response to the evidence standing in front of them. Every one of us will have a moment in our conversations with and about God like these men are currently experiencing, where you can choose to cling to what you have already known and the illusion of control it provides you, or you can realize something has shifted in the room and I need to change my opinion, my attitude, my disposition. It's so easy to point fingers at the Sadducees and the Pharisees and say, those dumb people. (laughs) Friends, I've been on the other side of dumb. I know what it's like. Don't you? To to have God just kind of say, okay, we've played this way long enough. Can we play this way now? And hear me say back to him, you can't do that. It doesn't fit within the parameters of my belief structures about you. And to hear God laugh out loud in my face, because he does that. Anybody have a God who laughs not just with you, but at you sometimes? It's like, it's like oh, isn't that cute? You know? I mean, it's like the three-year-old in Walmart. <laughs> and, and, and the response in the moment, notice, is to say, we've got to crush this. we got to, We got to put a lid on this, because if this, if this goes viral, we're, we're, in, we're in deep doo-doo. And their decision, sadly, has no teeth. What are they going to do? The guy's standing there. Everybody in Jerusalem has decided to get on the glory train. And these guys are happy to see it pull out of the station and wave because they have their nice system that gives them power and prestige and privilege. And it's dying. Peter and John push back. What are are we going to do? Listen to you? Or listen to God? That's not like really a question. And so they threaten them some more. (laughs) I love that paper tiger, th- <laughs> you know, and send them on their way. Now, here's, here's where I want to land for the rest of our time. Peter and John spent a night in jail already. They, they recognize, and this will become increasingly so throughout the church and its major movements, that having a criminal record is a badge of honor. They, they, they're, they're not writing their congressman. They're not protesting. the, the, the perse- That's not their concern. Their concern is how do we be in prison properly? How do we manage this persecution, which is actual persecution and will intensify over the next several years to the point of death? How do we, how do, we do this? Well, not how do we avoid it, Not how do we get out of the situations in which this might be the logical consequence, but how do we handle this well? So here they go. On their release, they go back to their own people, tell everybody what happened, and then they pray. Prayer is not the last thing they do after working out a strategy of response. They don't know what to do until they've prayed. Prayer is just so woven into the fabric of their uh, DNA, that it is the muscle memory of response in cases like, that, we see the same thing when Paul and Silas are in prison, right? And it's midnight and they're, they're, they're praying, not be, not as a strategy, how do we get out of here, but because that's what they do. It's, 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 it's just so pro forma for them that prayer becomes not a way, and notice, not a way to get things done, not a praying about the problem but of lifting the problem in prayer. That's a, There's a different dynamic. So they raise their voices. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens, you made the earth, you made the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? So notice the foundation of next is worship the foundation of how do we respond to this in real time in our lives, knowing what the outcome is likely to be for us. Remember, they're following somebody who died, and they have themselves been measured for their own crosses, as have you. Jesus invites us to take it with us on the daily. So they're not laboring under some understanding that God's not failing us, includes God's always delivering us from the most dire of circumstances. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. In fact, some of us, at the place of greatest despair, have an opportunity to meet God at that depth where he's already gone before us, remember? That you will never meet him as if you don't suffer in following him. You just won't. And, and I, I, I wish it were other, but... It, it's not. I was walking with a woman that I care for yesterday, uh, for, and and she's working through diabetes, uh, waiting kidney transplant, various other other um, uh, physical ailments, um, and uh, she 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 is. I, you know, it's like I know God will never give me anything that I can't handle, and I just had to say, Anna Maria, not true. He'll give you stuff you can't handle all the time you want to re-meme it, he'll never give you anything you can't handle without his help. So what is he saying to you at the depth of this diagnosis? (coughs) Sit with it long enough. Don't try and pray towards healing until perhaps you've been present in the sickness deeply enough and meet him at that place. That's really hard for us, really hard for us, especially when we know he could heal us. Uh, Which, by the way, probably should underline that healing is only going to be a temporary indication of the kingdom coming. Everybody who Jesus healed got sick and died. Everybody who Jesus raised from the dead died again. I'm guessing they died differently the second time. Because when you get resurrection, you realize, oh, I know how to do this. (laughs) Do do, do you see what I mean? And our, 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 our relentless... You want to talk about something that needs some deconstruction? It is our relentless clinging to life that isn't life. We need to let go and especially the ways in which we have coded it in religious language, that now becomes a prison. So he begins with this declaration, Lord, you're in charge of everything always, and you, for whatever reason, saw fit to have your own son executed. So being in prison overnight, not such a problem for us. We're, we're cool. Um, here's, here's what we want, though, more than anything else. And, and, and uh, we, want, we want you to consider their threats. Take this into account and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. So notice the prayer. We, it's, it's a re-anchoring in worship. And, and we should just, uh, let me just say this. I should have said this when I was talking about it. But worship is the primary way we realign ourselves with the reality of the universe. It it anchors us again, and the truth is, if you're living at all a normal life in this current culture, you will get knocked out of alignment regularly. Curbs will jump out and bite the wheel of your life, and push you out of alignment, right? And and it's just it, you, there's potholes and and other kinds of things happening, and you get knocked. So worship realigns us, prayer. Um, that begins with worship and offering up uh, to God a celebration of who he is despite all of the things that are happening. Please notice God is good regardless of what happens to us. It's really important as as a foundation of prayer that we don't start to believe bad things about God because what we believe about God, Tozer, Willard, all of the greats say it, uh, informs what we believe about everything else. So so, so they orient themselves properly and understandingly uh, around the character of God, and this kind of conversational approach is modeled here as what they would have seen from Jesus. Remember when they said, teach us how to pray? They had become experts in the mechanics of prayer. They had learned it mother's milk. They had learned it growing up in synagogue. But they noticed about Jesus a conversational way of praying that was more than about the recitation of the Psalms. It was an expression of heart, anchored in the Psalms. Because notice, where is their prayer coming from? It's coming from their memorized Old Testament. They, they they've got some 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 um, some content. They they primed the pump, if you will. There's some grist in the mill. I'm trying to find a a modern way of saying that, um, and my old brain is stuck in the last millennium. But anyway, you, 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 you all know what I mean? There's there's some traction there because they have memorized at the core soul level at language that is true about God, and they just begin saying what is true, what has been memorized. Sometimes you don't have enough in the tank of your own soul to generate your own prayers, that's not a problem. Use somebody else's. Use David's, use uh, Asaph's. use somebody else's prayer, and, and get the get the, the the juices flowing, if you will, that is but by the way, it makes the case for reading through the Bible and memorizing huge chunks of it, because there will be a time when your battery has died and you won't have access to the U version unless it's become the you version. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Hello. That's a twofer. All right. But do you see what he's saying? Uh, this, this anchors deeply in, in their souls. And so, Lord... We know you can handle this. We want you to enable us to handle this. We know this isn't a threat to you. I pray that you would help us to realize that in spite of the threat to us, we can still be bold. You, you have to be afraid in order to be courageous. This, this isn't bravado. This, this is, we know how this might go down. We follow the crucified. We know where this might go. And I pray that you not lead us into the temptation of soft-pedaling the gospel because of what might happen if we don't. Just, that's, that's the prayer. Not get us out of here. Not beam me up, Scotty, or whoever else is up there. <laughs> but leaning in to what is and seeking to know then, in that moment, what God is doing. Stretch out your hand. More, Lord, signs, wonders, miracles, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let's double down on the expanding necessary for the reconstruction of the people of God. And this uh, it, this is why, by the way, revival... Will not be measured by what happens here on Sundays. It will be measured by you praying for your coworker on Tuesday, and boldly risking embarrassment, praying for the for the. Uh, I've made it a habit uh, on occasion with uh, folks that I I regularly frequent restaurants, so they know that I'm not a, a a crazy person. I want them to know that I'm normal most of the time. But the other day, I noticed one of one of the uh, people who kindly cares for us at seven o'clock in the morning. She was carrying something. Can I pray for you? Yes. And and healing? No, that wasn't what the need of the moment was. But you can once you've got into the flow. Once you've got into the discernment, you can become aware of what God is doing and what he's inviting people into. And that boldness, and by the way, the guy standing as testimony. The, the, the proof is available to those who have eyes to see. Now, don't count on people seeing and taking the proof. That's not the point. If you don't want to see, you won't. And here we have this invitation, not deliverance, not rescue, but courage in the moment to pray well the stories that are part of God's story and let that be the foundation. And I love the emphasis here, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Name matters. It's the character, the reputation. Um, this is why we're cautioned at the very beginning, one of the top ten. Don't carry the name in vain. It's not just the words we speak, it's how we live, the character, the reputation. I want, when people take note of me that I've been with Jesus, I don't want them to diss Jesus because of how I've behaved. I want them, I want them, because this is the strategy, I want you to help people fall in love with me, right? So the invitation here is we want your name to be held high, not as some talisman, not as some flag, not as some sword raised in the name of Jesus, but the character of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the magnificence of Jesus, the wonder of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, the kindness of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the magnanimity of Jesus, let us lift him high in the ways that we orient ourselves to, to, the, to, the, to the folks around us. Um, what would it look like as you head into the office tomorrow morning to sit in your car for one minute longer? Lord, give me boldness today. Help me to make much of Jesus' name. I don't have to speak it necessarily, although I'm happy to. I just need to live in the authority it gives me. So the name of Jesus is not a postage stamp. We stick on our prayers to get them delivered. It's the character. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are praying as Jesus would pray. We're Jesus praying. That's what we're after here. And that's the invitation. So we pray for one another. We pray for the needs that we have. We, we, we pray heading in, we pray heading out, we pray through. This is an ongoing conversational relationship that enables us, rooted in the text of Scripture, not to be anxious when things are deconstructing around us, but we already begin to see forms taking shape in the Spirit that we then can become part and parcel with, yeah uh, so as we I, I want to pray for us and then we're going to spend some time in response to this but let's bow our heads in Thanksgiving Lord we just say to you thank you so much uh, for the wonder of this moment of this story and the invitation that it makes uh, to us not simply to um, to uh, 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 throw up a prayer every once in a while but to be people. Who are shaped by praying, who, who who both participate in the regular times of prayer when their season is, is 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 upon us to pray, we want to show up and be present so that we have the language of prayer that is woven through our 24-7 lives. Uh, and in the middle of that, Lord, that gives us capacity and discernment. For the, for the larger story you are telling and for the ways that you are inviting us into a partnership in the making much of the name of Jesus. And so I pray for us, O Lord, as a community that you will give us not brashness, but boldness. That the kindness that we treat waitstaff, the, the ways that we manage our relationships would reflect your character in your name. We ask this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at garden.church.